Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer, here again with Sloan. Sloan, say hi. What's up, everyone? Good to be back. Married man. Married. How's it feel? Mr. Schaefer. A title I bet you never thought you'd have. Right, 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 right. It feels pretty good. <laughs> um, the wedding went very well. I'm happy everyone was able to make it, and we were able to get some pictures together. Um, and I'm really enjoying married life. So it's been yeah. it's been really good. I encourage everyone to get married as long as they find the right person. That's really nice. Yeah. I hope one of you guys marries the wrong person. I don't know who, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, uh let's get into results hey, from last week. All the week. boys were together for your wedding. Sunday, yeah, it was the know? first the first time I think maybe since graduation that all the boys have been together. I know. I think it'll be a long time till it happens again, honestly. Well, it's we'll a rare s- occurrence. We'll see about Brian's wedding. He might be able to get everyone oh. to come. He would be one yeah. that I think everyone would want to go to. So. I think so too. Yeah, his would be a good one. Yeah, maybe again in April. That would be pretty crazy. Yeah. We have a good boys picture right now. All thir- Is there 13 of us or 12? 13. As of right now, 13. 13. Wow, we were rocking the dance floor during your wedding. Let me tell you, we were the the biggest group and the life of the, the party. Everybody so. made good comments about you guys. Nothing bad, all we're, good. Let me say, we're just a great group because we're not like... Nobody's getting sloppy drunk. Like people are having a fun time, but they're doing it in a very respectful way. Like honestly, you would think we were in our mid thirties at this point with the way that we act at weddings. That's that's so, a, that's very true. Yeah, we right. and I say this all the time. We never get like physical with each other or and like be too macho and stuff like that, which I really appreciate. No, I'm so grateful for that. I just if we were, I mean, we probably wouldn't all be friends if we were all if any of us were really like alpha dog kind of toxic masculinity there's some hints of that within some of the guys but it's fun to see that come (laughs) out and then we just shut them down it's uh it's just not the group for it you know maybe in a different environment but we're too sophisticated too much professionals yeah too much fantasy football that keeps Mm -hmm. us grounded you can't get all caught up in the emotions of uh testosterone when you're trying to think through a good trade exactly were there some trade talks going on at the table at the wedding reception i think the only one that i heard at the reception was between ongood and dylan and ongood was thinking like selling um jalen hurts and he to dylan for deshaun watson in a first um Wow. And I honestly don't mind the trade for both parties. So you're trading a first rounder for Jalen Hurts, basically. Because <laughs> Deshaun Watson is dead weight at this point. Well, Sloan, he's definitely going to be good, unfortunately. So it's unfortunate. That's what you think. But cool, I think man. a lot of people think he will be. Oh. I didn't mind the trade. I just thought the thing was Dylan didn't really need to do it. Who are his so, quarterbacks right now? Let's pull this up quarterbacks are carson wench jimmy garoppolo and uh oh he 100 percent should do that this is dylan's year to win get rid of deshaun watson i don't think he's going to help you this year or long term yeah you're giving up a first round pick who cares you would have josh allen and jalen hurts as your two quarterbacks and you're already at the top of the league and have been performing consistently every week 
I just, I think it's too much for, you know, it's, it's an, it's a, not the most nerve settling trade to do, but I don't, I guess I don't mind it. Um, Ongood said he would only do that if he finished worse than fifth this week. This upcoming week? He would only, the, no, the week this that past we just week? had. Okay. Yeah. Did he finish so he, worse than fifth? I think he finished fifth or sixth. Maybe he finished sixth. Oh, wow. Dylan, buddy, should have taken Ongood, it. I texted him and I don't think he's going to blow it up. So I think it was. Uh, he's at the point where he needs to, man. Austin's getting to that point as well. If it keeps going the way it's going. You know, it's it's so hard to tell, honestly, what the right decision is. Austin's got some great running backs. And and I and honestly, my opinion is, and I know you've said, you know, you you hate Mike's strategy, but I think their rebuild is so easy. I think it's way easier to rebuild than to compete. Like, let me tell you, the emotions of having a good team, you're experiencing this too. It is hard to have a good team and like every week you have expectations to finish in the top three or four. Like that is a, that is definitely challenging compared to just kind of like, Oh, I hope I get a hundred points this week. Like whatever happens, I have a shit ton of picks. Like mm-hmm. there is no mental stress associated with that. I mean, except for maybe with the waffle house that adds a little bit of challenge, but outside of that, it's a breeze. Yeah, if you can make sure that you're not going to Waffle House, I definitely think tanking for as many years as you can while still not wasting those assets that you currently have, you should do that. I mean, if you can finish second to last for three years straight, think about how good your team would be and you have your draft picks. That would grow into a really good team. You make some move on waivers and you pick up some guys who are starting now and performing pretty well. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, you're losing a lot of money when you're doing that, though, and you never really guarantee yourself a win. I think if you have the chance to compete, even if your team is not like if you're just a middle of the pack team, maybe like Austin, Matt, Colin, maybe on good in a few weeks. I think you just kind of go for it. Like, what's the point in waiting around? You know, you could go for the tank full on tank. Yeah. But if you do a tank, Mike is the ultimate tanking team right now. Like you're not going to tank as hard as Mike is. So at this point, you know, Mike has already accumulated all of the picks for next year. So you might as well go for it this year and then see what happens in the future. How many waffle house? I think we talked about this before, but how many waffle houses is a championship worth like what what is the exchange rate between those would you if you went to waffle house this year but won the league next year would that be worth it i don't think so i don't think it would i mean how little is your time worth if that is the case like right because also waffle house is not cheap like you're probably going to spend 70 80 bucks at least if you're not like, I know mm-hmm. you don't tip, but the normal person <laughs> who is respectful and does tip is going to be, you know, you're going to feel bad. You're going to tip multiple people so that you're not like an asshole while you're there. So not only are you wasting 12 hours of your life, which like hopefully your time is worth more than like 10 to $20 an hour. By the time you're there, you're spending $300 of time plus money to sit around at a fucking waffle house all day. That sounds terrible. 
So do you, do you think Mike is doing a bad job at tanking? No, he's he's he, to him it may be worth it. I'm just saying to me it's not worth it. I don't think I'm ever going to go. I mean, fortunately, it doesn't seem like I'll ever have to, at least <laughs> for the near future. But uh, yeah, I would agree. I'm not going to go full tank mode ever. I don't. I mean, well, it's just the penalty is too high in our league. I think what would have to happen is that the losers would have to collectively say, like, hey, we're getting rid of the punishment for last place, mm-hmm. which I think would be the wrong decision to make. I agree. But they would do that, and then uh, then I would be more inclined to tank. Because, like I said, tanking is fun. Brian is doing it in our other Dynasty League, and he's giddy. He's like, start mm-hmm. his lineup is so bad. It's so horrible. But There's no punishment in that fun. league? No punishment, no. Okay. No, it's just with random. But I think for him, it's just like, hey, I get the chance to look only at young players. I get to do a lot of scouting. Let me tell you, in the offseason, I think that the offseason was the most fun I've had with fantasy football because all I was doing was looking at rookie rankings, doing scouting, like trying to pick my team for the regular season. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm in the regular season, it is way less fun. It is so much more stressful to have to – like knowing that my window is right now to have to figure out how to compete. Do you feel that too? No, I think this is the most fun time of the year. This is where you have to put up or shut up. This is the time to perform. And it's, I think it's an absolute blast to set your lineup every week, listen to the news, look at each week's stats for each player and try to make the decision, the best decision for that next upcoming week. Waivers are also a ton of fun trades, not that stuff, that stuff in this sense doesn't happen in the off season. It's cool to kind of look and plan for your draft in the upcoming year. And I may be a bad person to talk about this because I didn't have any picks going into the draft this past season, but yeah. this is, this is where the money is made, Josh. Yeah, I can see for you. I mean, you weren't having any fun related to fantasy football in the off season. I mean, you were hardly having any fun at all just in general, because you were studying for the bar. So. Yeah, that's true. And that, <laughs> and so it was a good year for me to not have any picks in the draft, so I didn't have to do any research. But I'm excited to tank, like you were saying. I think it's going to be fun because you're planning. This is a, spin, this is a different – I want to fully realize to the crowd, this is different for you to be saying this right now. Well, I like doing what – Are you getting what... scared about your team right now? About no, I'm team? very goal-oriented. I know I have an opportunity to win this season. So my goal is to win this season and to do whatever I can to win this season. I also understand that this league is more than just this year and I still need to plan for next year. So my goal is to win this season while not getting myself into a situation where I'm going to be in last place next season. Cause I don't want to go to waffle house. Like we were saying earlier, I don't think one championship is, I don't think going to waffle house is equal to one championship. But when I go full tank mode, I'm going to go full tank mode. That doesn't mean I'm going to try to finish in last place. It means I'm going to try to finish in second to last place while still accumulating the future assets to help my team be better for years to come. But I think at this point, most people are in the situation where they need to win this year or next year, whereas Mike and Brian are the guys who are tanking now to build long-term success. So I'm excited to see how their teams perform, not this year, probably not next year either, but the third year, fourth year, and so on. I think they'll be the first to get into the continued success, or they made a big mistake doing all this. So let me, like, let me, for example, give a player like, let's say Dalvin Cook. 
you know, Dalvin Cook is an aging running back right now. Would you happily keep him on your team next year, knowing that he's an asset that could be helping a win-now team to avoid Waffle House? Like, that's kind of what the level of commitment is going to come down to. Like, you're going to probably have to keep some aging assets that still have good production in order to get second to last, kind of like you're shooting for. Are you asking if I would keep these players? Yeah, would you keep like a Dalvin Cook if that were the case? I'll keep whoever I need to stay out of Waffle House. I don't ever want to go to Waffle House. I don't think I'll ever have to go to Waffle House. So you can't I'll... go full tank, though, if you're going to keep vets like that. that. You just can't do it. The difference between That's the not... first round, your the first overall pick and the second overall pick, I don't think is that big of a difference. Okay, this last year, the difference between Brees Hall and Drake London Reese Hall was one, Drake London two. Was it worth Waffle Massive House? Massive gap. It wasn't. I don't know if it was worth Waffle House. Then there but, it is. But it's a massive gap. This next year, twenty twenty three, Bijan Robinson and and you know maybe one of the quarterbacks, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I mean, the the drop off is huge. I think there are certain years, and maybe this will be what it comes down to when you're in your tank mode is you'll need to look at the prospect for that year and say, is this guy worth mm -hmm. losing everything? Over? Well, and you can do as much research in the off season, looking at these college players, but you, I don't think you're going to know that much about how they're going to be used until they get drafted and until camp starts and you actually see how they're being utilized and what the coaches are saying about those players. So that's going to change everything. And I, we could look back to this past off season and see how those guys who we thought were going to get a lot more touches and have more production and see how their camp went or see how their coaches uh, said they were going to utilize them. Like a lot of that changed. The draft, the mock drafts changed a lot when camp started. And Maybe Brian, crazy. Matt, and I should go back next week while you're on your honeymoon and we should do like a four week into the season mock draft and see what we would do if we can redo it. Cause it would, maybe that's a good end of the season kind of thing to see where it is. But yeah, right now, I mean, I think for the most part, things would be pretty consistent. The biggest movers would probably be like Olave, um, maybe Traylon, Sky Moore, Damian those Pierce. three. Damian Pierce. You guys were dogging really on think, Dylan for drafting Damian Pierce. I don't Damian think Pierce. he moves up that much, honestly, Sloan. I really wouldn't move him up. I would maybe move him up a pick or two. Well, we'll see how the next two weeks goes. I don't care. If, I don't care. I honestly don't care. I mean, last week he had a good week, but he had one rush for 75 yards and a touchdown. So if you take that away from that week's performance, which obviously a 75-yard touchdown run, like that is to be included. But mm -hmm. he didn't have an – I mean, his week wasn't insane. Um, I think you, I, but the touches and the utilization that he's getting. That yeah, I mean, is the hopeful. team is ass. Well, yeah. Ass. Well, that's what that's I'm saying. You team. go to a yeah. team like the Texans, you know you're going to get a lot of usage, which is what you want in for a fantasy year, asset. Yes. For one, for one year. I will be very surprised if Damian Pierce becomes – a multi-year fantasy asset. Be, may, I mean, maybe one more year, but beyond two, I'll be very surprised. I can't wait for you to text Dylan after this, after he listens to the podcast, after you talk down Damian Pierce trying to trade him away. I have tried to trade for Damian Pierce in the past, and I have told Dylan this exact information. There are plenty of statistics you can look up to see that one season wonders. Yeah. This is not an uncommon occurrence. But 
whatever we have digressed far from that. I mean, this is yes. all related. This is all related because this is why we talk about the league. So maybe we talk about this week's results. I'd love to. Now, what'd you think about the table this week? How'd you feel? Any surprises? Mm, I need to get, um, I, and not to put more work on Mike, but I would like to have like a visual uh, where we can see everyone placed for that week. I know we have the sort of points laid out, but it's not in any sort of order. Um, <laughs> and this, Wait, I mean, so this is me just being you lazy. Just don't like, you're saying you don't like having to find the number one for the week and then look to the left to see whose name it was. I think it's you more difficult to, to compare week to week how people mm-hmm. perform. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, let's start with last place. That was Austin. I think big surprise. Austin finishing in last. Uh, he was projected 126 points, finished with 85. What does that mean for him going forward? I don't think it's a good look, especially with Jonathan Taylor out tonight. Uh, I'm sure most people will listen to the podcast after this or after the game tonight. But that's tough when you have a guy as good as Jonathan Taylor Um First off, not performing that well and also getting injured. What do you think Austin does? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's it's worrisome. Fortunately, he has Rashad Penny, who had a, a an awesome week last week on his bench. So he's got somebody else to start. But when you look at his receiver room, I mean, things are a little – Things are a little rough. I mean, you don't feel great about having Stefan Diggs, Terry McLaurin, and Amari Cooper. His quarterback play has been abysmal. Matt why, Stafford. Why are you bringing Diggs up? I mean, you feel Diggs really good about having Diggs. He's Diggs wide receiver two right now. Diggs is good. I like Diggs overall, but just having those three guys and then you know yeah. your next best wide receiver is Jacoby Myers. Like you know, we're there's three flexes in our league. I think everybody needs to be at least four receivers deep in order to you know survive i mean receivers have been the major currency of this season so yeah because running backs have been bad yeah yeah saquon has really been the only one fortunately austin has him but who's rb1 right now i see saquon is rb2 i think nick chubb is rb1 yeah 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 uh nick chubb i'm pretty sure yeah he's rb1 right now and is Uh, that an austin player no, that's on. Oh, Tommy. That's a Tommy. Okay. Yeah. So wow. I mean, for yep. Austin, I, he's been hurt so badly by the quarterback play. I mean, Matt Stafford at QB twenty-two is painful. Ryan Tannehill QB nineteen. I mean, this is honestly what we probably thought was going to happen with your QBs. You've lucked out an insane amount. Well, what of some Goff. people thought would happen with my QBs, but now I'm sitting with QB five and Jared Goff. I told you. Look at him. Compare him to Tom Brady. Remember when we were talking about that, the comparisons between those two? I know, I knew Jared Goff was going to finish higher than Tom Brady. Look at it now. Tom Brady's got well, he's, too much uh, personal issues to deal with right now. He can't be concerned with football. The, the strength of schedule has been a bit easier for Goff compared to Tom at this point, but... I'm getting table I, points, baby. That's what it's about. The table Fantasy is a I, weekly game. It is. I was wishing I had Jared Goff this last week. But, yeah, I think for Austin, uh, things are just kind of going south right now. Yep. It's I don't tough. know if it's it, it's blow it up time. I don't really know if he has a lot of pieces that you would even, like, blow right. it up with. <clears throat> I mean, maybe the quarterbacks you get rid of and see what you can get. But nobody's wanting to buy Stafford or Tannehill at this point. So mm-hmm. he's probably going to be selling for pennies on the dollar. 
Well, let's uh, let's move on to who finished ninth and and eighth with that close finish, Mike and Matt. I was really hoping for a, a funny stat correction to get Matt this week, but that didn't happen. Mike still finished ninth overall. Matt finished uh, eighth. There was some talk in the group me. What happened and what pushed Mike back? Uh, it was it was Mike got double fucked, honestly. So he <laughs> he was up on Matt. Uh, Pat Mahomes throws an interception. And so he drops back behind Matt and the, yeah. the minus the two Chiefs points, are up, correct? The Chiefs are up like 17 at this point, minus two. Yeah. Chiefs are up 17. So you're like, Pat Mahomes isn't going to have to cook anymore. You know, whatever happens, it's going to happen. So Clyde Edwards Alaire comes in in garbage time and regains Matt or Mike the lead. He regains Mike the lead. So Mike is then up even after the Pat Mahomes interception. Then on the very last play of the game, Tom Brady throws uh, a pass to Russell Gage, who is on Matt's team. Yeah, and it's one of those lateral plays. So, Russell how did those Gage, get scored? So you get as a receiver, you get the yards for the amount of yards that you have with the ball. So Russell Gage got the initial catch. Okay. So he gets all of those yards for his catch. So on the very last play. Russell Gage overcomes Mike, pushing him down another spot in the table. Wow. Brutal. Incredible. And then not to mention, Mike gets actually absolutely screwed by Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel going off on Monday Night Football. Debo Samuel with, I mean, a ridiculous 60-yard touchdown catch. Did you see that play? He Who's Debo it, with right now? Brian. He's on Brian. Brian's okay. Team. Yeah, he Brian finished – Seventh with 110 points, just ahead of Matt and Mike. Yes, exactly. So on that night, Debo got a 56-yard touchdown catch and should have been tackled like three or four times on the play. So just absolutely screwed trying to trying to figure it out there. Tough, tough luck week for Mike with the Tua injury, still coming back from it despite that unluckiness, and then ultimately finishing second to last. I think a bit of a roller coaster for him. Yeah, Mike, I mean, tough. It's uh well, he got Teddy Bridgewater, right? Um I the, can't believe you put that much fab on him. That was kind of so much to me. So much. I remember talking to Austin when we were on the party bus, because I asked him, I I don't I was like, why did you put the waiver in before Tuesday when Josh told us several times we cannot <laughs> put waivers in? And I don't know, I you know, he just relied funny. on the app. Uh, putting in the correct day of waiver, but didn't. And then uh, you did not give him his fab back, correct? I did not. I know I did not. He was like, please give me my fab back. No, it it has been so explicitly clear about Uh how this should be handled. And I, and I said exactly what I was going to do. So I did it. And I thought it was like a sort of a, a tactic for Austin, okay, he puts in $11 fab or whatever it was. <laughs> and then Mike's like, oh, Austin's only going to bid that much. I'll only bid maybe 100 And then Austin would go in and bid 125 and get him, get Bridgewater. But that didn't work because Mike put in, <laughs> how much did he put in? My goodness. Like 700 7 dollars That is mind-blowing. 
I was feeling good about my offer for Bridgewater, honestly. When I put in like three fifty, I think for him, I've put in a decent print uh, chunk. But I mean, that's so much. Four eighty, I put in. Yeah, Mike, Mike. That's basically the rest of his fab that he. He put still in. has two hundred forty-seven dollars left, which is that'll get you most players, but he might need more than one player off the waivers to not finish a Waffle House this season. Yeah. Wild. Any other yeah. thoughts about the standings this week? Uh, well, let's just run through the other guys real quick. Um, who finished six? That would have been on good. On good. Big at, he needed a six at 125. Uh, fifth would have been Tommy at 129. Fourth was this is where we start getting pretty this close. Me, this hurt, dude. This you put up 150 so and you finish. What did we say? Fourth. I needed. Gosh. I needed two and a half. I needed. Three more points, two and a half more points to finish second. You could have jumped, yeah. Mitch Trubisky got benched. I had Davis Mills in my lineup that morning. Had I started Davis Mills, I would have finished first overall that week. I want to talk about that. Why did you start Mitch over Davis Mills? Well, I felt like the matchup against the Jets, I was like, okay, I like the Jets matchup over the Chargers. So I think that there's a pretty good chance – I was like, I know there's a chance Trubisky can get benched, but there's no way he's going to play so poorly against the Jets that he's going to get benched. And I think if you look at his game log up until the last game, he had actually had a pretty high floor of, of 12 points, 11 points, 14 points. Okay. So I was like, okay, if I can get 10 points out of Trubisky, that's perfectly fine with me. Whatever. Dax maybe will be back next week. Of course, he gets benched at halftime because he's so bad, and that costs me three table points, which could end up to be like very costly for me overall, honestly, when I look at the playoff picture. Because like you said, fantasy is, is still a weekly thing, even uh-huh. though we have a much better format, in my opinion. you know, It's little decisions like that where even if you have a good team, if you just make the wrong start decision, you, know, you can really hurt yourself when it comes to the playoff race. Yeah, so that's tough for you. Uh, I mean, similar for me, only finishing um, just over a point below Colin in second place, and then Dylan blowing it out of the water in first place again with 161 points. Uh, Yeah, Dylan's performances to me, I just it doesn't make any sense. He's been so consistent, Josh. It's every guy he starts get gets a touchdown pretty much, and and if you look at his projections for his team. It's just not what should be happening. I just don't I don't see the player quality actually matching the score output on a weekly basis. So, he's done I it mean, for yeah, four weeks, Josh. He's done it for four weeks, that's true. But I just he'll make the playoffs, that's for certain. But I just I still don't think that it's uh I don't know. Well he I'm could skeptical. be he could be another Colin. Wire to wire, number one in the league until playoffs start and then Unfortunately, exactly. you just can't make it happen. Those uh, is it three weeks of the playoffs this year? It is three weeks for the. That's playoffs even more year. difficult. It is honestly. I'm I'm a little bit worried about how the randomness of the playoffs will go um, mm-hmm. for only three weeks because you know we're very intentional in the league for uh, for that. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out when we get into playoff time. But I yeah. think three weeks is enough. You know, you should. If the first place is worth a lot. So if you get two first place, I mean, 
it's hard to lose when that happens. Right. So. All right. Well, uh, that was last week. Let's talk about some trades that happened this week. There were, were there two total or three total? I know you were involved in two of them. I think there were just two. I don't think anybody traded outside. Well, of me let's Ryan. start with, um, was the first one, the Trubisky trade or was it? It was the Trubisky trade. So 10 fab for Trubisky. Um, How did this conversation start? Who initiated the negotiations? Me, me okay. initiated. I said, Brian, a you said, round man, game. I really need some fab right now. <laughs> I didn't even ask for fab. It was the, it was, let me, I'll read you our exact text messages when it comes to it. But it wasn't, there was very little negotiating. Um, okay. Here it is. Here's the here's the text for text. Me. Fourth for Trubisky question mark. Nah, I'm good. Thanks though. <laughs> Me. 50 fab. I'll give you 10 fab, which is what I'd spend on him if you released him. Me. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> and that hey, that's a good negotiation. You got something out yeah. of it. Probably a player I that's did. not gonna play the rest of this season or maybe his career. And yeah, uh, most Brian, valuable on Brian's team. Yeah. Well, and Brian bought a lottery ticket, right? If for some reason something happens to uh, Pickens, Pickens, right? Yeah. I get confused between Pickens and Pickett. Uh, Pickens. If something happens uh, to Pickens, it's Pickett. It's Pickett. Oh, it's, it's Pickett? Pickett. Sorry. If something yeah, happens, Pickens is the wide receiver. Yeah. And they're both on the same team, right? They are correct. Even more confusing. Uh, but if something happens to that quarterback, and then they want to go back to Trubisky, then hey, good for Brian. Uh, yeah. You know, there's another quarterback for him, but. Uh, I think it was a, a good value on both <laughs> sides just because 10 fab isn't much and Mitch Trubisky right now isn't much, but you don't need him. I don't think with Dak no. coming back and 10 fab is 10 fab. You're getting something out of it. Yeah. And I was going to drop him. And right. so essentially what it is, is it's like, Hey Brian, you're skipping I'll the give you priority yeah. to add this quarterback for $10. And I, it, who knows? He might've spent more, than Trubis- more than that on Trubisky, but it cost him. But you wouldn't nothing. have gotten that money that he would have spent on waivers, no. so you might as well. Yep, might as well. Yep. Yeah, I think that was but a good then trade. We had our, I, I, yeah, I was happy with it. I was there was no deal. Then we had our second trade, which I'm, I love it. I'm, I'm, I was so pumped about this one. I'm sure Brian having sold his tight end, um, but I got Geno Smith for Irv Smith Jr. and a fourth in 2024. Um. You know, I don't want to be, I don't know, Dak should be back within the next week or so, but in the meantime, I'd rather start Geno Smith than Davis Mills. I still believe in Mills, but uh, things are a bit rocky for the Texans right now, so he's not quite a fantasy starter, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be starting Geno Smith in the meantime. And he's actually had a pretty good year this year. I think he's pretty much locked to start the rest of the year. If I had to, do yeah, I, I completely as a Drew Locke owner, I would completely agree with that. <laughs> I, I would say this is maybe an equal trade for both sides. Maybe slightly leaning towards Brian. I don't know if Gino's going to be the guy to help you win the league this season, and I don't know if no. Gino's going to be going help helping you out going forward. So I'm a little bit confused why you wanted Gino's enough to give up Irv Smith. I'm going to disregard the fourth rounder because I don't really think fourth rounders are that much. It is something, but Irv Smith, I think is a promising young tight end. His situation right now might not be the best, but going forward in the future, it could be better. You know, I think for me, when I look at a player like Irv Smith, 
on my team right now, he's kind of just a roster clogger. Maybe he'll eventually be good, um, but he serves no use for my team now. He will never be my tight end because I have Kelsey and Hawkinson, both you know, two top ten tight ends. So he's never going to play for me. Right now I'm in a position where I'm in fifth place overall. You know, there's 10 weeks left in the regular season. I don't know how long till Dak is back. And I think that Geno Smith is a significant upgrade over Davis Mills. So even if it's just two weeks of, you know, I'm not saying Geno Smith is going now perform Mills this week. Maybe Mills goes crazy, whatever. I just feel like the variance is a lot lower with a player like Geno. So I feel good having him on my team. I don't think, you know, if I have to start Geno come playoff time am i feeling good obviously not but i like gino more as a, a sub till Dak comes back and then as a bye week filler i think he's a no-brainer start for when either kyler or uh Dak have a bye week so i should have probably checked if gino's bye week overlaps <laughs> with any of theirs but i think that at it right now that might be okay. that might be the most overlooked piece of information in fantasy football is do my players in the same position have the same bye week honestly i never look at that i just assume that they're not gonna have the same bye week because odds are they don't but every now and then they do and you know what you can give up a week see what happens hopefully you have other players that'll go off and here was another thing sloan that i'm just realizing right now davis mills his bye week is next week so if Dak doesn't come back and play next week, then I am without a quarterback. And then I definitely have to overpay to get like a garbage QB. So paying what I think is Herb Smith, who maybe he becomes a top 10 tight end who is touchdown dependent. I don't think he has the upside of like a Kelsey or Mark Andrews or or a player in that tier. So he's, he's a flyer tight end and you know, those come and go. So to me, it was, a move that I felt good about. And I think works for Brian too. He's looking for a young tight end and he has five starting quarterbacks on his team right now. So why not get a nice prospect instead of holding a tight end who's going to become worthless or or a quarterback who's going to become worthless at the end of the season. Yeah. And that, that makes more sense now. I think, yeah, it was an okay trade. I think uh, you're never going to make a bad trade. You do your research and (laughs) you negotiate as much as you can. And if you can't, come to a deal that helps you you're not going to do it so uh fun little trades this week um let's get into this upcoming week which do we have any more london games we have at least one more london game this season i don't know i think there is a london game this week okay yeah it's the packers versus the giants in london when's kick 9 30 a.m okay so same as this past week well, yeah. that's fine. I was really grateful that I was on East Coast this last week. Oh, I bet. We we should have we should have talked about the if somebody would have started Alvin Kamara. I know Ongood was up before it happened, but I wouldn't have been mad. We would have made him keep it. You should know that it. you have those players. Who did you say it was? You said Green Bay and the Giants. And the Giants. I have no players on that. All right, good. Giants. Well, yeah. if you have those so, yeah. uh, players on those teams, make sure you set the lineup beforehand. But uh, do you think you're going to turn it around this week? You had a great performance last week. 
if you can keep it going. There were a lot of great performances last week, a lot of high-scoring teams. Um, and looking at projections, at least right now, I believe you have the highest projections, and we talked about this last week. Projections really don't say much other than, I think, how your team is trending. But in terms of the actual fantasy points that you put up, I don't think it's a good uh, predictor. But I wouldn't be surprised if you finish first. Yeah, I think I have the highest likelihood to finish first. That's what the projection projections mean to me, which, you know, in a league like, you know, where there's a de- I think there's a decent amount of parity in our league among the top teams. So I, I don't think there's a runaway best team. And that means that I could just as easily finish, you know, seventh or eighth, like I've kind of been doing. So I don't know. I just would like to have a, a nice back to back weeks of okay performances last week. You know, when I got 106 points and finished fifth, I was sweating it out hard. Uh, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, three points away from finishing second to last. So, you know, maybe I deserved it this past week. Things even themselves out, but it's uh, it's just a roller coaster. I'd like another good week under my belt. That would make me feel a little bit better. I feel like I have players who should have pretty high floors. Um, but it seems like when no one wants to score a touchdown, like when one good player doesn't score a touchdown, everybody also decides not to score a touchdown. So we'll hope for a little bit more this week. Yeah, uh, you definitely have been on a roller coaster this season. That first week, just I'm sure it took a lot out of you with where you finished. Um, but you do have a good team, and I think going forward, like you showed this last week, you might not have finished as high as you wanted to, but you scored – 150 points, which in a normal week would put you, you know, third, second, maybe even first. Uh, so I think going forward, yeah, you have a good team. We all know that. Um, I don't wish I had your team, but I'm sure there's some who do. I know you do. It's okay. No. Oh, yeah, we even good. forgot to talk about Javante getting injured. That sucks for Colin. That's a big one. All right, go into the details on that. Torn ACL, torn LCL. It's all bad. That sucks. Yeah. I hate to see that. I hate well, and I don't like I don't like the Collins in this situation because he did so well last season and I was hoping he would do well this season, but I don't think Collins gonna make the playoffs and it's just kind of a bummer for him losing a player like that. I agree. Fortunately, Miles Sanders though has been a stud for him. He's had some good turnout. He's really he's also gotten around. some injury luck the other way around with Jonathan Taylor going down, having Naheem Hines, DeAndre Swift going down, having Jamal Williams. You know, he's gotten he's gotten and you know, Cam Akers having Daryl Henderson. He's gotten some some good things coming his way. So I mean Antonio Gibson, the backup running back, gets shot literally so that he can continue to start. True. Collins had some luck and some not luck, but I think it'll be a good week. I'm looking forward to it. And next week, we'll start having people back on the pod. We don't know who's going to be first. Maybe I think uh, we'll start with the winners and then keep, or the the better teams. Keep your phones we'll work our way down close to, the to you. Keep your yes. phones close. You'll be receiving a call, whoever that lucky person may be, and we'll have you on the podcast next week. Most yeah, likely, because, not Austin, because no. Not Austin. I don't think he'll ever want to be on until he wins the league, but uh, I'm excited for this upcoming weekend. Uh, will you be 
in any special place watching games this weekend, or will be it will be a normal weekend for you? I will be in Los Angeles watching football this weekend. So, wow. yeah, I'm kind of I've been a bit of a like American football traveler this season. I'll have had two weeks in New York City, two weeks in Indianapolis, a week in L.A., and then I'll be back in Seattle, and then back in L.A., then in Hawaii. I will be watching football all over the country this wow. year. There's no better way to do it. Good for you, Josh. That sounds great. Um, I'm just. <laughs> hey, are you going to be here next week for your honeymoon, or are you, are you taking a week off? We leave, not, uh, we leave next Friday. So a week from oh. tomorrow in the morning. So I, I could be here for podcast next week if we do it on Thursday. But outside of that, uh, I will be in Marco Island, Florida. And when you're on your honeymoon, will you be joining us? Or are you going to take that week off? I could probably join. Um, I'll have to talk to the wife about that, as every good husband should do. They should always check. Uh, but I don't know why I couldn't. I'm, I'm sure I could make some time. You Half honestly hour, have the 45. most time on vacation. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, yeah, if we're not up yeah, to anything, whenever busy. we can get you uh, an available time and whoever our guest is, we could we could figure something out, I'm sure. Cool. All right. Well, good talking, Sloan. Good week. Looking forward to this one. Should be fun. Yep. See you guys. Yep.